What's up? It's your girl, Podcast Bay, and you are tuning into episode 15 of Apparelips Podcast, titled The Art of Seduction, featuring Stoner Griffin, the Orgasm Coach. Enjoy! What's up? It's your girl, Podcast Bay, and you are tuning into Apparelips Podcast, episode 15. Today, for my guest co-host, well, you know what? Damn, I ain't got one today. I'm so used to having one all the time. Okay, so this is an interview, you guys. An official, exclusive interview. Stoner Griffin. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, come on. We gotta give it a little bit more filling. Okay, hello. Thank you for Hello. I don't really... Hello. (laughs) (laughs) How's your day been so far? Oh. been very lazy for some reason I'm not even gonna lie I, I was up working all night um and decided to catch up on some sleep how has your day been my day has been pretty good pretty good can't complain um a few appointments interview so I'm good to go I'm actually more excited that I'm able to interview you I've been waiting on this interview I feel like I feel like you've asked me a lot of questions over time, so I'm actually excited. I'm excited to see where this is gonna go. <laughs> and if you guys are following me on Clubhouse, I have spoken and raved about this man um, for a few weeks now. They're probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but I think he is amazing. So um, tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter or Clubhouse. At Stoner Griffin, S T O N E R G R I F F I N. And that's all. Okay. Um, and trust me, ladies, after you guys end up, well, conclude and hear all of this interview, I guarantee you'll be hitting him up on his social media. As always, you guys know you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Apparelips Podcast. Um, and my link tree is actually in my bio for everything else that you may need in order to contact me. Just give like a, a quick intro of, you know, how you grew up, you know, your teenage years. Just give us a quick okay. little overview. Well, um, I guess all I can say is I grew up in a small town for the most part. Um, not really too much going on. Always had a job. Always had at least two jobs. I love to work. And I love to try and take care of my family and other people in any way that I could. If I had it, you could have it if you needed it. Um, So I guess that drove me to do a lot more. And I guess it's because I kind of grew up in the church, if you will. My mother, my aunts, my grandmother, they were all ministers, which is kind of interesting, whatever you think about it. Very. But I guess that helped me build up a little bit of my personality. Like it made me care more and want to learn more about others and how they think, how they feel, and to want to understand the why behind the action or the reaction and make me look a little deeper into how people think and feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I just love music, love people, even though sometimes I want to be left alone. That's a different story. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just overall enjoy understanding why you know okay so hard working man you know always want to look out for his family you can't beat that 
I'm here for it. So you gave your social media out and I started to think, what is this man's real name? Because it's not on your Facebook and it's not on your Twitter. So what is your real name? Uh, my real name is a mystery. <laughs> the reason I don't hmm. about my real name is because um, the last name is associated with my mother's ministry, my aunt's ministry. Um, so I came up with the alias John Griffin because when I used to make music, everyone called me Stoner. Everyone called me Stoner Griffin because of my sense of humor um, in relation to Family Guy. So, oh wow! So I just okay. stuck with that a little bit. Okay. So basically, you'll have to be, you know, someone that's close to you to even figure out what your real name is or even your real identity for that matter. Uh, yes, ma'am. To an extent, a few of my clients actually do know what I look like and have actually, you know, seen me face, not, not really face to face, like at least photos or videos, one or the other. Um, and it's not really as big of a deal as a lot of people make it. But I try to keep them from associating my face with the things that we discuss, if that makes sense. So with that being said, can you give us an overview of your job descriptions? Because this man does have three jobs, y'all. Uh, maybe more than three, actually. Uh, whenever Ooh, okay. everything breaks. Um, currently, I... I'm a tattoo artist. I also do massages and I am a phone sex operator and my clients also call me an orgasm coach. Um, my tattoo clients don't really know about the job. My massage clients don't really know about the job. Maybe a few here and there have heard something in passing, but um, I try to keep those as separated as possible um, because you don't want to. Is there a reason to that? Yeah. Um, you don't want to be seen in an overly sexual light in jobs like massage therapy in jobs like tattoos. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be the one that everybody's like, Oh, he's a creep. Even if you're not a creep, if someone doesn't like your job description, they feel like it's overly sexualized or something that they could judge easily. It could always mm -hmm. have a negative effect on the things that you do. Even if you mean well, Sometimes everybody else doesn't understand what you mean. You get that. So did you um, did you learn that just on your own to keep it an identity, um, like your identity personal? Or do you know other people that are in that, um, that job field that do the same thing and you pretty much just took after them? There was something I, I mean, I've always heard you keep your business and personal separate. Um, mm -hmm. but I realized I had to keep a lot more separate whenever clients started to, um, directly associate me with some of the things they were feeling with other people. Right. So perfect example, if I talk to someone some way and they have began to grow an attraction towards me or start to feel affectionate towards me, then if somebody who they like in person doesn't return those same terms of endearment or doesn't like say the same pet names. Sometimes the holds a negative effect. If they don't look at them a certain way that I look at them, sometimes they're like, Oh, you don't care about me the way he does. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't pick okay. that from a logical standpoint, but 
psychologically, it's a big thing, especially subconsciously. Okay. So we kind of touched on um, exactly what you do. So honestly, I'm very um, curious about the phone sex, sex operator job. So if you were to apply for a job and they asked you to put your previous job down, exactly how would you go about writing out your description? Um, I would basically put customer service. Um, mm. Customer service specialist. You have to deal with a lot of varying clients, well, customers. You know, it's a lot of different personalities. It's a lot of different energies that you have to entertain and deal with. And not everyone is accepting of what you do and how you say certain things. So you kind of have to learn the ins and outs and how to kind of work with or without others, you know. And because it's a very personal type of interaction, you are doing that person a service. They are allowing you into a very personal aspect of their life in a lot of ways. Um, so your end goal is to satisfy them and make sure that they are serviced to the best of your ability. Can you um, walk us through like the steps of, I guess like the average client? First time clients or everyday clients? Uh, we'll say, for, let's do first time clients. Okay, so the first time clients actually depend on where they heard about my services at. Um, a lot of the times, if they've heard about my services, it'll be like one or two weeks before they finally say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to try it. Excuse my language. Um, you know, why, does, why do you think it takes that long? Um, sometimes it's because of, um, I don't want to say shyness, but sometimes it's an anxiety. Um, I have been told, and I don't know how true this is, but I have been told that I have a very intimidating pressure whenever it comes to sexual topics, um, the knowledge that I choose to share whenever I choose to share it. And the responses in which I give sometimes are, you know, they put people on the spot, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm very open with it. And a lot of people aren't as comfortable as me expressing those things. So they want to formulate how they would say those things to me if they tried. Um, okay. I guess the perfect example I could say is it starts off really, really anxious, you know, like they want to try it, but they don't know how to speak on it. And then after a while, I talk to them, help them relax, breathe, and just kind of ask them questions. You know, what do you like? What do you like to be called? What type of person are you? Like, what makes you smile sometimes? You know, things like that, just to help them ease the tension and get to know them a little bit, bring them to that comfort zone. Um, and once I help them relax, then it becomes more of an experience that they're willing to accept or try out. Well, first off, I know they'll be wanting to know how you go about with the payments before we even get any further. Is it um, like per minute, like some of the companies or like how do you do it and how long are the sessions? Um, evidently, I'm very lenient compared to other people. Um I just have different steps in which I go about for like handing out my session. So currently I'm doing a, a deal for 20, but 20 is my lowest price that I'll go for a session. $20 sessions normally can last for an hour and I don't really go as in depth of how I would with the other sessions, but 
I do stimulate you mentally. I do try to stimulate you physically. Um, and I also try to make sure that you're extremely comfortable with what you do and you can do whatever you want in that hour. Um, as far as the $50 session, it goes as long as you want. So if you want me all night, you want to talk to me all night, whether it be regular conversation, whether it be phone sex, you can literally send me that and I'll make the time for you and we'll talk, you know, about whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't have to just be about sex. Um, you can actually do your phone sex, stop, talk to me if you want, and then go into more phone sex if you want. So, you know, it just depends on what you want to experience, you know? So how do you go about advertising when you have like those deals? Is it word of mouth? Is it clubhouse or Twitter? Um, word of mouth for the most part. Um, and the way word of mouth works for me, I'll text like most of my clients because I do keep in contact with most of them um, if they want me to. And I'll just say, hey, how you doing? I just want to let you know until such and such date, I have a special going on for this amount, you know, and if I'm on Clubhouse or from somewhere like that with someone who I know knows about it, I'll be like, hey, just let everybody know. Um, and there's been rooms I've been in where people will ping me to the room and say, hey, his voice is sexy. You know what I mean? He's doing phone sex for $20. Get at him. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much period. <laughs> pretty much how it's been going. So um, do you do any couples um, services or services for men? Who are inquiring? Um, I have answered questions for men. I have not done sessions for men. Um, okay. The reason I haven't done sessions for men is because a lot of them see it as a way to manipulate women. Um, that's not what I do it for. Um, I refuse to do it for that reason. I guess I'm more so concerned about making sure that the woman is taken care of in a way that she probably doesn't feel comfortable with other people taking care of her. Um, even if she just has somebody she wants to deal with, but just doesn't want to waste the time or energy, you know, sometimes that happens. Um, so, oh no. Um, as far as couples, I have done lesbian couples. I've done bisexual women who are curious about what their crush would think about it. I've done, um, people who haven't even known each other for long. Um, those are normally interesting, but let's say you're bi-curious and you find yourself attracted to another woman and you kind of like the way she talks and things like that. I've had people gift mm -hmm. other women sessions and pay for sessions to work with me and I'll talk to both of them and have a joint session and kind of let the energy flow and fill out the energy. Okay, so just to be clear, what is the end goal when you have these sessions with people? My end goal, honestly, um, say that, you know, you want somebody to orgasm. Um, you want somebody to climax, come, however you want to put it. Um, but I think my end goal, honestly, is to change the way a lot of women see masturbation. Um, women think of, well, not all women, so I'm going to say that now. Not all women think about that. And not all women, you know, have issues in that area. Um, but some women look at masturbation as a chore, um, something that they just do to go to sleep, something they just do because whatever. But I like to stir the pot a little bit, like 
make you think outside the box. Try new things whenever you masturbate. Think about new things whenever you masturbate. Like visualize all of that. Um, so my end goal is just to make sure that you find more comfort in the moments that please you, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So is that the reason why you got into the business of doing this? Because, you know, um, women really don't, some women don't know how to masturbate. A lot of people, a lot of women don't know how to climax. So is that what kind of got you into this, knowing that? Kind of. Um, Honestly, it started off, Whenever I was on Twitter back in the day, I used to run a sex account that told stories. Um, and people would ask me to tell them private stories. Um, and finally, one day I posted a voice video on Twitter. And somebody was like, yo, I love your voice. You should read People wanted me to actually read the stories. Um, people mm-hmm. started paying me to tell them the stories on the phone. One day there was this woman. I'm not going to say her name because I never share anyone's information Everything that happens with me stays with me unless they decide to share it or tell their story. Um, But with that being said, she was having trouble like orgasming, climaxing, coming, however you want to describe it. Um, Basically, it was just two things she was doing wrong. And I saw it. This is before I even did any research. I saw it and I was like, yo, try breathing this way. Try moving like this. Try doing this. Um, and just breathe, you know, and within two minutes, she finally was able to orgasm. And she was like, hmm. how did you do that? And I was like, I just was paying attention. Um, so I took it upon myself to ask certain people who I trusted, like, yo, can I test some things out? What you want to start studying their reactions, studying their breathing, studying their bodies on top of the research I was doing as far as like reading things. And I'm still actually and learning from my clients to this day about what they actually like because it can actually still help Mm -hmm. someone. Um, So with that being said, I just, I learned it and I started applying it. Um, And I have had instances where it doesn't work for one reason or another, whether it be mental or whether it just be, you know, they're not interested or things like that. Um, But most times it does work. And I enjoy the fact that people are willing to try it, even if it does not work for them. So, um, and I want you to be honest with this next question, but I know people are wanting to know, do you masturbate while you're doing this with the clients over the phone? I do not. I have before um, because I was kind of bullied into it, but I do not. I make it a very big thing that I do not join my clients. That's full transparency. Um, I don't believe in pleasing myself on other people's time. Um, I don't believe in intruding on other people's pleasure, if that makes sense. Um, a lot of my clients mm-hmm. actually get mad at me for not joining in. I've had people who want to be clients to say, oh, I'm not going to do it if you're not joining in. And I've had to politely decline because mm-hmm. um, I just see it as crossing a boundary. Um and I don't feel like that's right. I don't feel like it's right to take advantage of somebody in a vulnerable moment where they feel safe with you. You know what I mean? 
So do you, um, when you offer your services, do you offer like video chat or Zoom or anything? Um, I don't do Zoom, but I do allow them if they want someone to watch or they want to feel like someone is watching. I do allow FaceTime sessions. Um, I have clients who prefer to be seen. I have clients who have never been watched, who want to try to be watched. It's all about the level of kink that they're into, like um, voyeurism, things like that, exhibitionalism. Um, Those things basically affect your pleasure just like other things. So if you have or you get a thrill or a rush from being watched, you won't know until you're actually being watched. Mm -hmm. Um, So test the waters a little bit, see what you like, see what you enjoy. You never know. It might unlock a whole different type of climax for you. Okay. So while you're on these FaceTime calls, are you looking at them? Like, um, do you show your face? Like, how does that go? Uh, It depends on the level of comfort the client has. I've had clients who want to see my face, who want me to incorporate telling them to look me in the eyes, um, who want to see the reaction as they touch themselves. If they don't want me to look, I don't look. If they want me to look, I will study their reactions to help them get a little bit more out of the session um, and kind of take mental notes of how things have affected them in a certain way. Um, I have had sessions where I've done those things and then after the session I break it down so this is why this went different than this you know what I'm saying it was a Mm -hmm. certain that you did you internalized this you held this in you didn't voice this you didn't say this so I try to help them understand those levels so with that being said um, I wanted to share my experience with you guys Um, I actually found out about Stoner on Clubhouse if you guys don't have me on Clubhouse, make sure you follow me and him as well. Um, and he began to, I don't know if I was hosting a room or, if he, yeah, I believe I was hosting a room, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And he came in and the first thing I noticed, like everyone else, is his voice. It really caught my attention. So, you know, there was some doubts in the room. You know, a lot of the fellas were like not really feeling me. So I'm like, all right, let me ask these questions just to see if he ain't, you know, trolling. So I asked him a lot of questions and I was pretty much drilling him, honestly. <laughs> and he answered the questions with ease. I felt like it came out naturally. He wasn't um, faking. He didn't take long pauses. It was like genuine answers. So um, not letting my clubhouse friends know, but he really sparked my interest. So I um, followed him, and I followed him on Twitter, and um, we would sometimes end up in the same room sometimes. Well, me being a podcaster, I was like, well, let me try out his services, you know, so that I can give you guys a firsthand um, description of exactly how it went and whether it works or not. You know, that's like the big question here. Does it work? So um, we got on the phone, voice still super pleasant to hear. Um, And instead of him, I pretty much had said, look, I know how this is about to go. I'm really, you know, it's like, whatever. 
but no, we started off with a very um, casual conversation. It allowed me to feel comfortable. Um, it calmed me down a lot. And before you know it, we were on the phone for like forever. It felt like forever, just talking about whatever. And he still, you know, allowed me to ask any questions that I wanted. Um, by that time, it was decided for, you know, him to join me on the podcast after hearing him on Clubhouse. And then I slowly but surely, I noticed that he was starting to comment in a very, um, like, seductive manner. So when I noticed he did that, I started to basically get on the same level as him. And um, <laughs> I was actually downstairs on my couch and I had told him a little bit about, you know, how I am sexually. So he had those ideas in his head as well. And I could tell that he was taking good notes because he used those when it was time to arouse me. So um, things were said for me to do. Um, we tried out a few different ways. I will say he was not pressuring um, the fact that, you know, I need to orgasm. He took it really slow. We were on that call for a long ass time, y'all. And um, he was very patient and his voice really never changed. So I didn't feel like I was rushed to get the orgasm out because it takes me a while to come. It's done more often than we know because he has quite a few clients, but people just aren't speaking on it. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much my experience. And I plan on having another one, you guys. So, uh, to shift it back to stoner. <laughs> um, so the technique that you and I use, is that used with every person or every woman their first time? Uh, or does it just depend? It depends most of the time, but I do actually try to help them exploit their pleasure points. Um, the amount of pressure that they use that causes a consistent, constant arousal. Um, the type of breathing that they would um, normally withdraw or not really withdraw. Um, the word I'm looking for, I guess, is shy away from. Um, a lot of women tend to hold in their pleasure on accident. Um and I figured out ways to help them, like, push it out. You know what I'm saying? Embrace it. Don't feel guilty in your pleasure. Don't um, shy away from your pleasure, things like that. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it's just a matter of, um, I guess, being open and free about it. Like, I feel like that's how you can get the best experience. Yeah. Um, my first time, I will say I was really uptight. I was thinking a lot. I was thinking a whole lot <laughs> and yeah, I still end up getting, you know, what I needed out of it. <sighs> Since you have all these damn clients, can you give us at least one review? Do you mind doing that? Uh, yes, man. Yeah. Me... Exclusive. Oh, you're going to like okay. really read one. I'm going to read one. Uh, one actually said, unless you want me to read two, that's up to you. Yes. Go ahead. Okay, so this one is one of my most recent ones. Can I ask you a question before you read those? Yes, ma'am. Are you able to give us their age? This woman that sent me this one is 23. Okay. Uh, she says, I felt like I was the center of attention with your eyes on me. 
the way you told me what to do and how to do it in a sexy way definitely was the cherry on top. The way you coached me through each step felt like I could trust you to lead me. After I came twice with my vibrator, I was able to use my finger and came two more times. And then to be able to come two more times without touching myself was definitely amazing. That's fucking goals to be able to do it without touching yourself. If you can have somebody do that over being over the phone, you are a bad man. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, the other one, she is around 28. Okay. And her review says, I feel refreshed. Firstly, I've been celibate for almost two years, so I masturbate, but I usually use toys because my fingers just weren't getting the job done. But last night, wow, interesting how easy it was for you to turn me on, and I feel like you know my body better than I do. I responded, I said, why do you think that when you started, you couldn't stop? Because she had um, her first session. It was more of a sneak session where she was at someone's house. Um, and when I taught her things, I had to literally vocally tell her to stop because she didn't want to stop and she couldn't stop. Um, she said, I felt like I was getting more in tune with myself. It usually takes a little bit for me to get into it, but everything felt like it happened so fast. So, yeah, those are two of the reviews. So let's get into this uh, orgasm without touching yourself, because that sounds crazy. That was not my experience, you guys. I need to make sure I go ahead and master that next. Um, is there like an art behind it or can like anyone do it? Uh, most people, if not everyone, should be able to finally achieve that. Um, basically, I use your arousal and your stimulation to my advantage. Um, also using words that you enjoy to hear um, while stimulating you mentally regulating your breathing, helping you relax, and things of that nature normally take, uh, they have a big part in that. So like, let's say, let's say you've orgasmed three times, you for example, right? You have mm -hmm. a certain level of sensitivity on your clit. You have a certain level of, you know, pleasure still, you know, just sitting on you, like breathing still sitting on you. What I'll do is I'll help you exploit that breathing, exploit everything around you to manipulate your body into another orgasm without touching yourself. Um, it's similar to Tantra, but you have to kind of master a little bit more to achieve a full Tantric orgasm. Wow. And did you take any like anatomy classes? Mm, not really, but kind of. Because honestly, like just from my experience, it felt like maybe you were like a like a anatomy professor or something. Just the way that you were able to help me navigate through that, um, like you really have to know um, the female body to help someone with that. It's more so. It's not really that I studied anatomy. It's more so that I studied women in that element. Um, and what I mean by mm -hmm. that, um, paying attention to the women's bodies. Um, paying attention to the way they react to things, paying attention to the way they respond to things, I basically formulated ways to help, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out the way that I can actually describe it. It's more so of a 
of a project that I've been working on nonstop to bring it to a level where I can present it to the public, if that makes sense. Well, with your work, I feel like you help out a lot of women. You know, this could actually help with their relationships, um, in a sense, or just them being a single woman like myself. Um, so when it comes to you and your uh, personal relationships, like, has this ever affected you any with you, you know, trying to help different females and talking on the phone with them? As uh, it has not. Um, there have been times where I was interested in people um, and it kind of became a topic of discussion, but it has not really hindered the, you know, relationship. If I get into a relationship with a woman who does not want me to do that um, for one reason or another, I'll avoid doing that. Um, if I find one that is comfortable with me doing it and understands that I'm not actually, you know, using it as a tool to meet multiple women, using it as a tool to, I guess, um, look outside of my relationship or partnership, then I'll continue. I find someone who, you know, understands that I'm not using it for personal pleasure. Um, because a lot of people misconstrue it and think that because I'm talking to people about these things, that I'm actually like masturbating or joining in with them. I've had plenty of women ask like, what would you do if your girl decided to have phone sex with people for money? Um, and my response is the same every time. If she's in the same way, at the same level that I'm going about it in, then there's a difference. But if she is going and masturbating and doing those things, then it becomes a little bit more taboo to me. Okay. So for the record, you are single. You're not in a relationship. Yes, ma'am. I am single. Okay. Um, well, along with relationships, what about your family? Like, are they aware of what you do for work and how do they feel about uh, it? I've talked about it with my brother and one of my little sisters and my little sister, she likes women also. She laughed. She was like, oh. she was like, <laughs> if they like your voice, they like your voice. You got to do what you got to do. Um, and my brother was more so mm -hmm. like, nigga, you always doing something. So, <laughs> <laughs> And how long have you been doing uh, it? It's been around six or seven years that I've been doing Okay. Okay. So they, they know now. So, um, <laughs> Say, like, a sibling or a cousin wanted to do the same thing as you, would you teach them? I would. Or would you suggest they go another way? I wouldn't way? mind. Um, honestly, wouldn't mind keeping it in the family because I know most of my family members have more, more so pure intentions. Like, I've helped some of my cousins um, in their relationships as far as, like, things conversation-wise to help please their partner um, things to help them like explore other things or communicate with their partners. So it's not really a bad thing. It's just more so about, you know, if they have the right mindset to not use it for manipulation of others. Definitely understood. I mean, you want to make sure, I mean, from the beginning, you said that it was big for you to, you know, look out for your family. So I could definitely see you, you know, doing something like that if it comes to that. So these services, yes, you trying to expand? What's 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 the next step? Uh, honestly, currently it's looking like more of a side hustle, if you will. Um, the clientele is mm -hmm. growing more, especially with Clubhouse. 
um, and a lot more people are asking questions. I was told that I should look into women's incarceration um, for the women who don't have uh, lovers or people um, just offer my service. That will be awesome. As a conversation or just say certain, certain things while they're on the phone to kind of help them think at night, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't mind looking into that and doing that, especially if it helps them get through some tough times, lonely nights, or even if they just need somebody to talk to and genuinely feel like they matter to someone. So would you consider yourself doing some type of like uh, therapeutic work as well? I feel like I wouldn't mind it. Um, I do talk to a lot of my clients outside of sessions and they often remind me how they feel comfortable talking to me about anything. Um, And that makes me feel good actually, because a lot of people are very private with the things that they go through. And it takes a lot for a woman to actually express that to someone who seems to be a stranger. So that actually makes me feel really good to hear them feel comfortable and confident in their ability to talk to me about these things. Definitely understood. Aside from work, you have all these jobs. I mean, and just the one job um, as a, a sex phone operator, it seems like it consumes a lot of your day. Um, even if you're not providing the services, you're, um, you know, going room to room. Y'all, he is a hot commodity on Clubhouse. <laughs> just saying. Um, he's, you know, promoting his services. So when does Stoner have time for himself? Like having fun, um, dating, whatever the case may be. Do you have time for yourself? And if so, like, how do you balance it out? That's actually one reason why I don't try to date currently. Um, because I don't have the time for those things. I don't mind making time whenever it needs to be made. But I tell people like this, the reason I don't have time for one person is because I have time for everyone. Um, it's not a bad thing to have time for everyone. It's just that you have to make sure that you're in that mind state to deal with someone. Because when you deal with someone, you have a tendency to, you know, still continue to carry the conversation the way that you would at work. And I don't want it right. like that. I don't want work to be the center of conversation with a lot of them. Okay. So what about fun? What does Stoner do for fun? Uh, for fun, I'll play my game. I'll draw. Um, every once in a while, I'll go out. I'm not really a big party person. But every once in a while, I'll go out with my family, talk a little bit, play around a little bit, drink a little bit. So I'm a simple guy. I enjoy, you know, simple things just time alone actually is fun to me sometimes so it just depends on how i handle that time in the long run okay and um as stated you guys can find him at stoner griffin that's s-t-o-n-e-r-g-r-i-f-f-i-n on clubhouse and twitter um you can find me on instagram and facebook at Apparelips Podcast. And before we end this off, I wanted you to um, tell us what a goal is for all of your businesses um, for this year, for 2021. For 2021, I want to make sure that a lot more people are, for the phone sex, I want to make sure a lot more people are comfortable within their own sexual skin, um, within their own pleasure. I want you to be comfortable in your pleasure. Um in general, because a lot of people aren't as comfortable as they need to be with expressing their pleasure, with expressing 
like what pleases them, how it pleases them, what their partners are doing wrong, things of that nature. Um, as far as tattoos, I want to make sure that I um get a little bit cleaner with a certain, with a few things. Um, really clean, but I still want to explore other styles of tattoo. So, what do you what do you focus on right now when you do tattoos? Like, what's your area? My area of expertise is um, more so line work, cartoon, things like that. Um, I'm really good with flowers, shading. Um, I'm just working on a few things as far as like grayscale and color work on darker tones. A little bit. Okay. And the, your massage therapist. Uh, yes, well, ma'am. The correct? massage therapy, I kind of want to open that up a little bit more to people because with that, I only have a select amount of clientele um, that I offer that to. And they know who they are. They come whenever they want. Um, talk to me, be like, hey, I need a massage today. It's been a long day at work, things like that. But because I do do tattoos and because I do do the phone sex, it's harder to find time for the massage therapy. Okay. Well, you know what? I guarantee you'll figure out how to balance yes, it all out one day, and it'll all become yes, lucrative if you want it to. So I want to thank you for joining me once again, um, and I will see you guys ep- on episode 16. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. No problem. You are now tuning into Paralypse Podcast Single of the Week on the Flow by Lindsay. Enjoy. Mwah. Pussy press, she bending motherfucking over. 
I'm about to throw this bread, bread. At her fucking fatty, she gon' drop it like I said, said. In my ear saying, saying She want me to fuck her, fuck her She know what I'm about, I'm about to put oh, it oh, in oh, her oh, motherfucking okay. stomach Real hoes, they get down on the flow Like a pep, they on the flow, they on the flow Real hoes, they get down on the flow They on the flow, they on the flow, they on go Real hoes, they get down on the flow Like a pep, they on the flow, they on the flow Real hoes, they get down on the flow They on the flow, they on the flow, they on go, go.